children actually often don't remember the book. They remember the feeling. And that in itself, I think, is so powerful, especially with all this crap going on around the world, outside the homes. Um, and you don't need anything, really. You don't need even to have a book. You just have, have each other talk about things. You know, they often say it's not the number of books, it's the number of conversations. Hi, everyone. I'm Donna Edda, and you're listening to The Interested Podcast, the show that brings you ideas for wellness. I am so excited about this conversation with Pia Wong, the executive director at Bring Me a Book Hong Kong. She is passionate to help raise awareness and advocate for key social and literacy issues facing Hong Kong today. Her love for books is absolutely contagious. In this episode, we talk about conversational reading, creating connection through books, and how reading together can be a remedy for our mental health. We will share book recommendations and insights on how to start conversational reading in your family. So without further ado, here is Pia Wong. Hi, Pia. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So you are passionate about conversational reading. Can you explain what it is? I am passionate. Um, you know, really, thank you so much for this opportunity to share this passion. Um, Conversational reading is really a wonderful skill that can be practiced and developed by anyone. Um, you know, ideally a parent or educator for the children, um, but just someone, anyone who wants to l just dig a little deeper below the surface. Um, and I first heard about conversational reading. It was uh, actually coined by this wonderful lady called Diane Frankenstein. She's a US um, strategic literacy specialist. Um, and this book, Reading Together, Everything You Need to Know to Raise a Child Who Loves to Read, is all about conversational reading. So maybe I think six, seven years ago when I first met her and she introduced this to me, it completely blew me away. Um, in a nutshell, three things. Read a book, ask a question, start a conversation. So simple, right? Basically using books, um, from picture books all the way through to chapter books to um, as a springboard to jumpstart really you know, interesting conversations you know, about things that matter. Um, I'm talking about topics like fear, adversity, death, hope, friendship, you know, bullying, peer pressure, kindness, all these really important topics. Books are such a great way to talk about them without, you know, with a very sort of um, safe and happy medium. And we're talking about fiction, fiction books, right? Actually, nonfiction is great too. Autobiographies, how amazing. You get to go inside another character, real life character, someone that you, or even like a football star or a uh, yeah, scientist or sports person, and you can really sort of understand how they think and where they came from to be where they are. And you'll often find that some of the most successful people are, are ones that overcame adversity to be where they are today. That in itself is an amazing conversation you can be having, not just with your child, but with your friends, with your peers, with your parents. Can you give an, give an example of how conversational reading has I can give you lots. So I, I guess I was just thinking about this because um, just the other day, literally, I think two days ago, Quite personal, um, and I hope my parents aren't listening. But um, so we were, you know, at the dinner table, and out 
I bring um, something my father dropped off. Um, he's very sweet. He drops off some food every week. Um, you know, that's what gungungs do. Um, and he and it's um, it's um, sort of dragon boat festival. So you know these sticky rice dumplings. Yes. You know the jung. So he dropped that off, and you know, and I thought, oh, this is from gungung boys and the family. Let's have some and kind of see their faces, kind of like, hmm, really, do we have to? <laughs> um, and you know. Kind of, I, I try a bit, but, you know, quite frankly, we don't really like it um, that much. But we eat it because, you know, Gung Gung brought it yeah. over. And my son, Matty, the youngest, he's 12, said, this is just like George and Martha. I'm like, what? She goes, do you remember George and Martha, um, who are two hippos, the best friends from one of the picture books that we read when he was a primary, like early, like, you know, lower primary school. Um, and he said, do you remember George used to pour pea soup into his slipper so that Martha wouldn't find out that he didn't like it because all along he'd been saying he liked it and then finally when she found the pea soup in his slipper you know Martha said oh I'm so glad why didn't you tell me because I don't like pea soup either so all this time you kind of you, you try to be nice and you've, you know this is an interesting thought like how you know you, you want to protect the relationship and you want make 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 sure people feel good but actually you know, truth, truthfulness and, you know, white lies. And, you know, the whole these conversations come up about, you know, why we do the things we do. And is it better just to be honest and, and, and say, well, actually, Gung Gung, we don't really like it, but thank you so much. And we appreciate you bringing it over, but you don't really need to do it. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, just, that's just one example. What role does conversational reading play in our society? So it really helps kids think aloud. Um, and articulate good questions. And as a podcaster, you know exactly why it's so important to ask good questions. Um, and it's really a powerful skill to have. Um, in fact, you know, Harvard Business Review, you know, had a big whole issue just focused on why it's so important to ask good questions. Because in this day and age, you can, you know, at your fingertips find the answers. But actually, asking the questions is really the hard part. And with the way the education is, you know, we do really focus on those end results, on the on the on the answers but actually you know that's we don't need that anymore um so in terms of you know asking good, good questions how it really spurs learning and exchange of uh, re really exchange ideas a real dialogue you know not just this one-sided um and fueling innovation and creativity you know by thinking about all these different um you know characters and plots and ways people um, look at things i think it's so important to be able to better articulate good questions um, and by as a parent or an educator role modeling that with the what, with what you're doing with the books the children then have the vocabulary and critical mind to be able to do the same that. aren't you a part of a book club that does this right so you mentioned there's a book that you just read and I looked up I can't remember the name what Atomic Habits yes it was brilliant and and even this book club um, actually I've just found out there's a term for it it's like jigsaw puzzle um, book club where you it's like a cheat way where you don't actually have to read the whole book. Um, this is for adults. And if it's a very thick book and you don't have much time, you read just um, maybe two or three chapters each is assigned those chapters. And then you discuss them, the, top, the, the bits in it you found really juicy and interesting. And then you discuss them. Uh, you share, you summarize your chapters and then you share and you ask questions on that. And I find that it's called the active book dialogue. And that's really another way of um, bringing out you know the essence of the story and what 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 you know what you read and what I mean, we we can read the same thing but find different gems in there i totally agree with you personally um my husband and i read 
some books, like read some books together. Oh, and yeah. then we have our mini book club discussion. <laughs> Love that. And it's amazing because we've been married for over 10 years. Yeah. But you still learn about someone through the way they see certain characters and, you know, narrative. And um, a while back we read Neil Gaiman's The Graveyard Boy. Oh, you... I am reading that with my son at the moment. It is so good. Right. So I'm only on the second chapter. I find it quite a struggle. I'm so really want to read it, but I find it quite hard. Why? It's it's a bit disjointed in the beginning. Did you not find that? It's unrealistic, right? I'm just trying to understand, get my head around what's happening. Ghosts, baby, you know, things happening. And also I'm trying to explain it to my son. I'm like, maybe I read it first and then I go back to you. So do you, you haven't read it with your children? No, no. but They're this is young. definitely, no, well, I'm like, Jill, you know, read this. This is really amazing. Mm. So she she's not ready for it, but I am ready for it to get <laughs> right. into it. But the, the relationship, the love, the shadow of the characters, Wow, it just... Okay, now you've inspired me to get keep yes, going, keep going. <laughs> beautiful, so beautiful. So I totally agree with you with this, how it, it creates connection between people. But now I want to move on to creating bonding between parent and child. And you've mentioned it's great for social emotional learning, bonding, mental health. Can you describe what that looks like? I think when you talk about complex emotions, you know, I mean, emotions are complex anyway. Um, but even raising it, you know, from early, as early as two or three, you know, happy, sad, you know, angry. Um, and as they get older, knowing that it's okay to, to be upset or to be, you know, really, really angry. Um, in fact, I love this book, um, I'll show you this one. Because I remember my son had, have you seen this one? When Sophie, when Sophie gets, gets angry. angry. Really, really angry. And then what she does, I'll just show you some pictures. It's just, you can, you know... You can see just with the illustrations, um, you know, she gets so annoyed with her sister and she smashes things around and look at that roar. I mean, there's so much that could be, you know, spoken. And then she runs and she finds her little space and it could be, obviously, we'd love to have trees, you know, to run to, but in Hong Kong, maybe it's like, you know, hiding under your bed and your, um, that's what my son used to do. Just find a little space where you can decompress um, and, um, but then knowing and understanding that other people have gone, through, everybody goes through this mm. and they've had their own ways of channeling it. Um, you know, discussing these kinds of emotions um, really helps. That, I mean, in terms of the book content, that's one, one angle. But the other great and very most important area is the bonding between, obviously, the parent and the child, having that time where they put their phones away and they actually are really focused um, and give the child the attention that they deserve. Um, and also the parent have some downtime. I mean, we're just talking 15, 20 minutes. Just put that time aside, show them your love, feel, you know, just just the warmth and energy that you can bring through the stories. And I think ch children actually often don't remember the book they remember the feeling and that so in itself true. I think is so powerful especially with all this crap going on around the world outside the homes you know to feel safe um, and you don't need anything really you don't need even to have a book you just have to have each other talk about things you know they often say it's not the number of books it's the number of conversations that you have that's important and I think that's one of the key 
learnings that I, I got from Diane Frankenstein. You know, I had me, my parents, and, you know, we, we run a lot of workshops and we hear the same stress from parents all the time. Oh, you know, you know, the, my child will only, you know, uh, only, only wants to read one book or the same book again and again and again. And that's good and that's great. They just want to have that time with you. They love that story. Talk about the story until you've saturated every last bit of it because your child mm. loves it and that's what's going to make them love books and reading so true the other day my seven-year-old had a long day she was tired hungry all of that mm. and just grumpy and start mm. crying on the floor mm. and then i said to her do you want to just read let's just chill out and read mm. and so she ran upstairs grabbed four books and said i want to read four books and i was really tired so i was bargaining i said okay let's just read two no, four, that's three. And so anyway, I'm like, let's just read one and let's see, and see how it goes, right? So it's exactly what you were talking about, that feeling of being loved. She just melted in my armpit <laughs> and, and we were reading. Yeah. And then after four books, she was so calm. Oh. You can tell the mm. difference. And then it was bedtime. Amazing, just amazing. Um, I just have to also... And just thinking about, you know, stress and anxiety and what kids are experiencing at school and they come home and they are, and they are you know, worried or scared. Um, one powerful book, an author, she's written a whole series. This one is her first one called One About Bullying. And, and she uses colors and numbers. She's not like a, a typical story in a way. I can't recommend it enough. But basically how, you know, Talking about different colors. Blue was a quiet color. You know, he enjoyed looking up at the sky, floating on the waves, splashing, uh, and on days he felt daring, splashing in the puddles. And then all the different colors with all the different personalities, and then comes along red. We all know red, right? We've all experienced red. Red oh. is that bully. Red is the mean one. You know, but they don't say that explicitly. But, you know, and then they go on and how all the other colors, you know, know that he's a bully, but doesn't want, don't want to say anything. Kind of being complicit. You know, again, very on different levels. You can read this of a three-year-old and they just look at the colors and have good time. And you can read it with a 13-year-old and really talk about some serious stuff. Um, and how the less... the the more complicit the bigger red becomes and the more powerful red becomes until everyone felt a little blue and then until one came along and he had a different shape with bold strokes and squares and corners so then it talks about how the number you know how you've got to come from a different angle and you can make a difference um, and find the power within and that also gives the courage and bravery for the other colors to become numbers and then stand up for themselves and stand up for blue. So it just, it's oh, amazing. Wow. It's just so simple, but so powerful and so sophisticated. I'm really <laughs> surprised because just looking at it now made me really emotional. It provokes a certain feeling. It really so does. Weird. It gives you goosebumps. And my boys read this again and again in their own, with us, with each other. Zero, she wrote zero about zero feeling empty, there's nothing inside. And then she wrote three, which is about, you know, that third wheel that you have best friends. And then the third comes along and how you, it's just amazing. And it's like metaphors and, uh, oh, it's just uh, yeah, it's I'm incredible. so buying that book. <laughs> that sounds amazing. But 
for those who just don't read, for kids who don't like books, for parents who probably didn't grow up grow up reading, what tips or suggestions can you provide? I might say something a little controversial here, but okay. I truly believe it. There is no child or even adult who hates reading. They just haven't found the right book. <laughs> You're so optimistic. <laughs> um, it could be a comic. It's a graphic novel, newspapers, okay. magazines. Um, you know, you just, even wordless books. There's some amazing wordless books. So visual literacy is so important. Um, you see, it's all flotsam. I mean, David Wiesner is possibly the most talented artist, a book illustrator, and I could put any of his pictures up on my wall. I mean, he just... The imagination, no words, pure visuals. And why? You don't need to read. You can read using visual literacy. And that's, I think, more important nowadays to be able to... And, and our parents go, oh, I can't read this wordless book. It's a nightmare. I'm like, it's not for you to read. Let your child tell you what's going on. Mm. They have way more imagination and creativity, I'm sorry, than adults anymore. Yeah. You know, they really can see things. And so, wow, what an amazing way to get into their heads. Talk about connection. You are really understanding how their brain works and you know discovering new things together like that so I think that's pretty special oh that's really amazing because then it doesn't matter what level you're at right exactly you can just pick up a book any other tips you know going back to the enjoyment part and how to get kids reading um again something from the Diane you know she she raised and I, I love this she's you know she said quotes tell me and I'll forget Show me, and I may remember. Involve me, and I'll understand. So conversational reading, simply put, involves children in a story. Involved readers get more from the stories they read and therefore enjoy reading more. And enjoyment is the key to turning them into lifelong readers. It all makes sense. It really does. Um, and even if you go through phases and you don't read, that's fine, but you know the value and love of a story, you'll go back to it later in your life. And what about for those who don't have time? Is that a legit question? Time. The parents reading to kids, you always, you have to make the time. I don't care how tired you are. I don't care how busy your day has. You have time to go to, to watch TV or to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things that you find time to do. Because when you understand how the brain develops in a child and how the connections and the dendrites and the neuron and all the neural firings and how you understand when you when you see that and look at the research you know how 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 important it is and you find those 10 minutes to can do. you can you unpack that a little bit with the brain development of a child and how reading fits into that um by the age of three um 80 of the brain is formed by the age of four 90 percent so those early years that's why they always say it's so critical to establish good habits you know in those early years and bonding reading with your child even the american pediatric association has listed it as the uh, after breastfeeding and immunization the third most important thing for parents to do with their child is read with them now we're moving to the next age group mm. i want to talk about teens and when we're talking about the brain development they're going through massive changes right with so much content out how can parents guide the teens in life through reading and perhaps help them navigate 
their world and and find the truth in their voice. Well, this is why it's so important to teach them skills to be critical, right, and to problem solve and to ask good questions and all these things that we're talking about. Um, but it has to be practice. It's not something you can just do one off and then it works. You really have, and it has to be part of your, almost like, you know, just just part of your your family, you know, culture where you are encouraging them to to ask questions um, and think through things. Um, finding meaning, you know, in a story, finding meaning in your life, finding meaning in what you're doing. Um, it calls for guessing, it calls for speculation, and it calls for reflection. And these, quite frankly, are traits that are not encouraged um, in our lifestyles, in our, in our education, in our school system, because there's no time for that. Mm. Um, you know, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to speculate. And I see it even in my own kids, um, you know, when they moved into secondary school, they suddenly became more nervous about being wrong because, you know, obviously you are becoming more self-conscious. It's not just the teachers, it's the peers. Um, and it takes maturity, you know, but it, the more you practice it and the more you realize that, okay, the worst case situation is I'm wrong and maybe a few giggles here and there, but actually you tried mm -hmm. and you came out with your own idea and you celebrate that. Um, and that is a huge thing about conversational reading and reading together it's not really about what you know we actually don't care what you what you do care what you know but it's much more important about what you think it's about what you think because we were trying to, get to, to, trying to get the kids to think out loud through asking them deeper questions what did you dislike about the character what would you have done in that situation would you've done the same thing you could you direct the conversation that's the beauty of it as well that you're kind of imparting a bit of your morality without being preachy because you're trying to show them and guide them you know there's different ways to do things there's not always a right you know there's not always black and white there are grays sometimes it's okay to do a white lie but you wouldn't say that like just like that to a child and then they, you know but if you find a story where it makes sense and you know you've and it's in it's in the right context then i think that's that's okay people got to understand the world isn't just black and white and you have to make decisions according to your situation. Preempting. I kind of think it's almost like self-help. You know, for, for adults, we look at self-help books about how we can better ourselves. Picture books, even, and, and books to get reading together is like self-help for, for children, preparing them for the future. They are going to witness, and they are going to experience death, I'm afraid, at some point, whether it's their friends or family member or somebody. Um, this one's actually about uh, art. I think it's the aunt, yeah. Aunt Carrie, who um, who has cancer and moves in with the family, and you know they look after her and they play with her, and of course she passes, you know she passes away, um, and how they go through it. It's a local author actually, Rebecca Wu, um, and you know having these kinds of books available for children who may be going through something similar or friends with something similar is really, is really I think really helpful. We've come across many parents who've come to us and really thanked us for introducing them to books that deal with these difficult issues because you know, most parents will shy away from them. Um, and it's, you know, unfortunately, the, we wish the world was, was all, all roses, but sometimes there are plenty of thorns out there as well that we need to prepare our kids. I would like to think also it's never too late. So for families who didn't set the habit early on and then they've got teens who are not reading, 
teens who are not reading, can I just recommend this one? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> On my honor. Um, it's just a small, looks so, it looks so um, innocent, but my goodness, inside here can change you know, a whole child's perspective on on friendship and life decisions. It's through, you know, best friends being daredevils, you know, teenagers being teenagers, kind of pretending that they can do things that they really can't and then one gets in big, big trouble. Actually, you know, I don't want to, you know, spoil it, but, you know, he, one of them does die and the other boy is feels like he's at fault. And how does he handle that situation? Uh, I mean, these are heavy topics, but again, of course, we really hope that our kids will never go through this. But talking about it, it just opens up new worlds um, for them to think like it. And it's okay, you know, that these things happen. These things do happen. On that, can you lead us to the idea of using books for mental health and anxiety? Because you're talking about some really heavy, difficult topics. I think one of the key research findings in the last um, three or four years has been about fiction and equating it with empathy and how, um, you know, talking about real life experiences through the stories and, you know, developing, um, you know, understanding, you know, characters' feelings and so on really, really helps with reducing anxiety and, and stress and so on. The other thing that often happens is we we underestimate, you know, our kids' emotions, their ability to understand things. I mean, even, you know, three, four, five-year-olds, even with the things that are going on in the world, you know, um, prejudice or, um, you know, all sorts of issues. I think we, we, we do want to protect our children, but um, actually they are they can be quite sophisticated. And what's wonderful about, you know, reading aloud is that they can go a few levels higher. They would never be able to read it themselves at that age. But you as an adult being able to read and talking about the areas that you think, you know, are relevant, that helps incredibly with, um, you know, sort of preparing them for, uh, you know, all sorts of social and emotional development, um, reducing anxiety, you know, having that downtime, um, there's, you know, even just the art an article in the SMP last week about, you know, his parents are so stressed and so worried and the children are even more stressed and, and anxious about what their future lies for them. Um, and the sort of the only channel they have that, you know, that brings them together is a book, reading together. Well, Pia, you have definitely inspired me to read more with my kids and it's a nice feeling it definitely doesn't feel like a chore just to really explore these emotions and sit in it with them and and talk about it i think and it's so wonderful don't be scared to talk about you know how you feel about it and how maybe you're scared i remember you know i loved el defo which is i don't know if you've heard of it mm. it's um, an amazing book about this girl who is deaf and she is a is a superhero and there's a picture of her with a cape and her hearing aids and um, you know I wear hearing aids I'm hard of hearing and but it's from her perspective and the boys my boys loved it because they finally um, they thought it was hilarious it's a very well written book I highly recommend it but um, and I it just you know I just loved that they could understand how I feel sometimes 
you know, but the lip reading and, and you, you kind of sometimes it's superpower because you can also take them out and you can, you know, have that um, time out. But you can, you know, they made it so she could hear things that, you know, on the other side of the world and stuff. So make it more fun. Um, but I think being able to sort of um, open yourself up to your experiences in your life through through the stories that you read, your favorite ones, um, and share that with them as well. I think it's really important. That's really beautiful. So I know we are coming to the end of the interview. Can you talk about Bring Me a Book Hong Kong, introduce your organization so our audience can know more about it? Sure, I'd love to. Um, so we are a registered charity and we've been in Hong Kong for 14 years. We are all about advocating um, parent-child reading. Um, we really want you know, one simple thing is to get every parent reading to their child. Um, we have the lowest rate of parent-child reading in the world, believe it or not, out of 50 countries that are surveyed. Uh, only 13% of parents in Hong Kong read with their kids. And international average is about 39%. We also have our primary four children are tested um, around the world, actually, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of kids. Um, and they found that while Hong Kong kids are doing well, but academically in terms of reading achievement um, they actually score the lowest in terms of interest to read motivation to read and confidence to read so really the main reasons why you would actually want to read is you know it's all gone um, which again boils down to the habits that you're forming at the early age so um, what we do is we educate them through training the parents and the teachers and we provide access to all these wonderful books through our library program where we bring libraries into schools um, for low-income communities around Hong Kong. Can you talk about your summer reading list? Yes. The theme is actually travel while staying at home. Obviously, we're in a very unique situation right now. Um, where will your next book take you? Books can take you anywhere, right, in your imagination. Um, so it's not just, you know, books that are selected with in different places, you know, around the world, but also just adventures you know whether it's underwater in space you know you can go so many places with a book um so all the books are actually um we, we have recommended book lists that you can download for free from our website uh, and you know we really we really um focus on finding the books that obviously appeal to your children so you do it by their interests not just you know oh i have a three-year-old who's a girl who must read that one no she's she gonna be like... smarter if she <laughs> reads that book <laughs> Uh, it doesn't really work like that. Does she love dinosaurs? Or does she love cars? Does she love dance? You know, you find what tickles her interest and then you find the, these are the books that we recommend in those. So the summer reading list um, was wonderful in the sense that all the books are available also to borrow from our membership library, which right. is right here um, in our office in Wan Chai. Uh, or you can order them online, but, you know, obviously with the situation and just don't know um, how reliable that is um, but yeah it's a, and not just English books we also have hundreds and hundreds of wonderful Chinese books for those families that are looking for good recommendations for oh, Chinese great yeah. how did you guys compile the list oh it's a lot of passion behind it I tell you that lots of hard work and lots of lots of um, you know books basically that we were reading of uh, two committees all volunteers um, Literacy, speci literacy specialists, librarians, teachers and parents. Uh, we have you know, a really wonderful, diverse group um, and obviously different ones for English and Chinese books. Um, and yeah, we meet um, and they share their recommendations. We actually go through them all and we have literally fights in the meeting room about which ones are going to make the list. Um, 
And it's not so much, um, you know, award-winning books and things like that. It's really about the books that we know that kids love, especially the librarians. They're on the front line. They see the ones that the kids really, they check out the most. You know, we want kids loving stories, but we also want to make sure that the quality is is, is good, that the pictures, you know, illustrations are so important. Mm. Um, in fact, sometimes even more important. You guys are doing a great job. This is really inspiring just being here for our audience who want to, who want to contribute and help your foundation how can they do that so we're actually running two campaigns one is a, um, a matching campaign called uh, bridge the gap hk and you can look at it on our website so bringmeabook.org.hk um, get on our mailing list you can get lots of info um and on our facebook and instagram um so that you know basically from now until the end of october um a hundred percent matching so if you give me a hundred dollars today you know, it'll be $200. So it's pretty good money, I mean, value for money in terms for us as well. Um, and that's and that's really also to target the 10,000 government cash handout. Um, so if you could contribute any of that towards it, kind of like free money um, and donate to charity for a good cause, you know, we'll put the money back into the community, into libraries for kids that need them, into trainings to, to share the message, you know, of the parent-child reading, increase those levels of interest and confidence to read and those children that otherwise wouldn't really um, have, be exposed to that. So that's one part. And the other one is um, also quite exciting, is the, is the virtual marathon. I don't know if you've seen it on Fringebacker, but you can do a marathon. And it doesn't have to be running. It could be walking your dog, biking, anything where you have distance. Um, and you can choose from 3K to the full 42K um, kilometers, I mean, that you can... Um, you know, and you just get people to sort of fundraise for you. But this fringe back of COVID-19 virtual marathon is great. All right, Pia, we are approaching the finishing questions. So what is the book you have gifted or left the strongest impression on you? Oh, I love, love The Giver. Have you read it? No. Okay. I'm going to have to get it to you. <laughs> um, it's by Lois Lowry. Actually, it, there is a movie, but don't watch the movie um, because the book is so much better. Um, it's a dystopian novel. Um, it's about a young 12-year-old boy and his journey, um, life choices. It's a philosophy. It's a, it's a coming-of-age book. So it's a really Ooh. great book that I think I've heard in the U.S. They give it a lot um, in bar mitzvahs and things like that. It is quite heavy. Again, um, you know, at the right age, but I think even for adults, I have yet to meet someone who hasn't enjoyed it and just, it stays with you, you know, it's one of those books that just you'll think about for years to come. Fill in the blank, love is? A many splendid thing. What is the best lesson that your dad or your mom taught you? Oh, that's difficult. There's so many little gems. Um, the one that stands out for sure was like drummed into my head since I was two. Honesty is the best policy. I love that. <laughs> on that note, what are your closing thoughts on reading to Bond and some things that our audience can easily put into action today and make a positive change in their lives? Going back to this, it's not the number of books, it's the number of conversations. So even if you don't like reading and you 
don't want to read, um, you don't have any books, just think about the conversations that you want to ignite with your partner, with your loved ones, with your children. Um, I think now, you know, it's really important to be using this time to, you know, better ourselves and prepare our kids for this really uncertain future, um, you know, without freaking them out and ourselves, but just giving them, the, you know, the, the, the tools that help them navigate later on when they're confronted with decisions, giving, that, giving them that um, ability to be more, you know, agile and thoughtful. And, um, and again, it, it kind of all comes back down to this empathy thing. I think the more you understand how other people think and how, why they make the decisions they do, you know, the, more, the better you will be as a person, as a, as a leader, future leader. Um, I think these are really important things. Oh, that's really helpful. It's actually, it's so easy, right? We don't even need to go out and buy any books right no, now. No, and libraries are great. Hong Kong libraries are great. So, you know, you don't even need, you know, you don't even need a library card anymore. Just your Hong Kong ID is fine. <laughs> Where can people find you? Metaphorically or? <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you online? Uh, you don't oh, need to give them your personal oh, number. I see, but I okay. see, oh, I see. Sorry, I thought like just done face. Um, they can find me at um, up here at bringmeabook.org.hk. Um, just look up Bring Me A Book Hong Kong. Um, I'm invariably very, if I'm not in the office, I'm connected with the office. Um, yeah, then do please feel free to drop me a line anytime with any questions you might have or, you know, maybe, you know, if you're a parent and or you're an educator and you want your school involved, we're also looking for volunteers as well. Um, we do a lot of fun programs for schools, you know, book day, celebrations, um, readathons that we like to get involved with as well. If the, you know, children raise money for a library, for example, for a readathon, we can invite you to meet the kids that are the beneficiaries and you can read with them and, you know, make it more of a sort of not just giving money but actually more meaningful um, where they can see where the money goes and you know spread the love of reading brilliant one quick question so people can just come up come here or they register how does it work so for the membership good questions so i didn't mention um it's a um it's an annual fee subscription um thirteen hundred dollars and you get not just access to all the books on our book list, both English and Chinese, but you get um, invited to a lot of our events. We have author, um, small group author events where they can meet their authors and illustrators. Um, and they actually get a book delivered to their child on their birthday, which is not just a random book. It is really tailored for your child. Your, your daughter is, how old is she? Nine and seven. Nine yeah. and, okay, so, and your, yeah, your two daughters. So, um, you you know we'll find out what they're interested in, and it's not going to be on our book list. It'll be a separate new book she'll get in the post right on her doorstep on her birthday. So oh that's wow, cool. that's so cool! Great, thank you so much, Pia, for your time today. Pleasure. The conversation has been wonderful. I'm surprised you haven't had a lot of conversational reading and such great questions. <laughs> Thanks so much, Donna. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Pia. If you're stuck on book ideas for your kids check out Bring Me A Book Hong Kong. And for show notes, visit my website, www.interested.blog or leave a comment on my Interested Podcast Facebook page. You can subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts or Spotify. And if you enjoy this episode, share it with a friend.